You are listening to Riverhouse Church's Sermon of the Week. We hope this talk equips and inspires you. Well, thank you. It's so good to be here. We've had two really good services already. How many of you were here at either the three or the five? Okay, there's a few of you. Wow, very cool. I'm a little nervous because the guys who spoke at those at the three and the five really spoke me up, so I feel like I have an expectation to meet. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to, again, thank Robin and AJ, and I know Pastor Jordan, who's not here, but just thank you guys for letting us come in and, and be a part of your service. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you for welcoming us and just being so honoring and loving and generous and providing us with, with dinner, and yeah, we're very, very grateful, so thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Yeah. Um, during worship, I was reminded of a time when I went on a ministry trip to Texas. Yeah, come on. It, yeah. It's a cool place, I agree. I remember when I was on the plane, and I, asked, I was asking the Lord, like, what? What do you want to happen in this church? And he, he just reminded me of that passage of Scripture. I, don't even, I didn't look it up, but it's, it's the story of the woman with the issue of blood. Do you guys know that story? And she, she went to Jesus, and Jesus healed her. She had been bleeding for 12 years. And I remember saying to God, like, oh, okay, you know, we, we normally use that passage of Scripture to talk about faith. And I remember saying to God, okay, you, you want me to give a message about faith or something? And he said, no, no, I want you to pray for healing for women who are having issues with their reproductive system. And I thought I was a little freaked out, not going to lie to you. I was, you know, a guy going into a church and praying that sort of thing. It's a little nerve-wracking. But as, a, as we went in, the first, the first meeting we went to, one of the pastors came up to me, and I, I was just talking with him, and I said, hey, how have things been going? He said, man, we've had a really rough time. We've had so many miscarriages happening in the church, and just women just having issues. And I was like, whoa, God just spoke to me about this. Like, we need to pray into this thing. And then I had an opportunity to, to actually get up and, and release that word. And I heard about six months later that since then, there were no issues, there were no more miscarriages or anything like that. And I was reminded of that during worship, and I really felt like we need to go after that this evening. And so I, I know it, it, maybe some women could be a little bit embarrassed to stand up. So I'm going to ask all the women to stand up, if that's okay. And I, I want to give another testimony, because I've, I've released this in another church as well. Last year, we were here, actually, when we, we were in Valley Church, and I released the same word, and one of the girls who were on my team, she could not get her monthly cycle without taking medication, and then I released the word, and the very next day, she got her cycle without taking any medication, and I chatted to her a little while ago, and she said ever since then, every month, she's had it regularly, so I just feel like there's a grace to, to release this. So if every, every lady in the room, if you could just put your hand just somewhere around here. <laughs> this is awkward every time. <laughs> it's not getting any better. <laughs> but I was actually just reading Psalm 103. I know you can just keep your hands there. It's good. 
in Psalm 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O you his angels, you mighty ones who do his word, obeying the voice of his word. There are angels in the room right now, and they obey, obeying his word. That, that's what I love that about healing and, and when you just release the word of God. It takes so much pressure off because God is the one who anoints his word. And his angels are here, and they are partnering with the word of God. There's healing angels right here who are wanting to heal. And so it's not about a clever prayer. It's not about anything. So I'm just going to release healing over every person in this room. Every, every woman who's standing up right now, I just release healing over you. I release healing over your reproductive system. I speak to every ovary and I say, you will function perfectly well in Jesus' name. I command any sickness, any disease to leave anybody right now who's, who's suffering with anything. We just command it to leave right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I just speak complete healing over every person. Health over every single woman in this congregation right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You may sit. Well, please tell your pastors, share any testimonies with them. Like, it's always encouraging. If, you know, if anything changes, I'd, I'd love you to tell them, and I'd love you guys to please tell us as well. It's always fun when we hear feedback. So I want to, I'm, I'm going to, we're going to get a little bit real with you, and I also feel like it's going to result in a little bit of a challenge tonight, if that's okay. So this year has been a really interesting year for us. Um, we've seen beautiful things happen. At Bethel, we, have, we are seeing God moving powerfully. We're seeing the Holy Spirit move. We're seeing Him just touching, just in invading meetings and services. We're seeing the children's church. I, I'm going to pick up my daughter. She's nine. And we were at a conference, and she was in the children's church. I went to pick her up at about 9 o'clock that evening. And let me tell you, there were bodies everywhere. There were people shaking, kids shaking. Like, it was, it was wild. It was a mess. Like, how, how many of you know revival is messy? Like, when, when God breaks out, it, it can look messy. And sometimes we wish it didn't, but we can't control that. But God is just doing powerful things. He's just breaking out in meetings. And it's really, really beautiful to see. And he's breaking out in, in BSSM, the School of Ministry, which has been a lot of fun. And what happened in January, the beginning of January, have you guys heard of Stephen Wendy Backland? Any of you heard of them? Okay, well, they have a really cool ministry where they speak on the renewing of the mind. And they were in the school, and they were speaking that, their message on the renewing of the mind. And the Holy Spirit just broke out in just such a crazy way, and they weren't even speaking on that. But God just honored the message, and we had students running from the back. And we have this big auditorium. It's a, like a 1,500-seater. They were running. They were jumping over balconies just to get to the front because the hunger and the power of God was just there. There was just such a beautiful presence. And they were they just like, we need to get it. And so their, their natural response was just to run to the front. And it was on. They were just talking about renewing the mind. It was really interesting. But with that has come a lot of challenges as well this year. Like we've had 
I've had so many meetings with people who are struggling with anxiety, struggling with fear, struggling with depression. And even in my own life, like I've been struggling with anxiety as well a lot this year, which is, it's just bizarre. And like old insecurities coming up. And it just feels like as God is moving, there's just, there's been a lot of opposition as well. And I, I really, during that process, God has been speaking to me about renewing the mind. And it, it's been a really interesting journey. It's been a challenging journey. But it's, it's a journey that I feel like He doesn't just want me to go on. He doesn't just want my group to go on. I feel like there's a grace on it right now for the whole church to go on this journey of renewing the mind. And so that's what I'm going to talk to you guys about. I, I really feel like we as a church... There is so much more for us, for us to step into. If we would just renew our minds to the truth of what Jesus has already done for us, I think we as a church would look very different to what we look like now. And when I say the church, please, I'm not referring to this church. I'm referring to the church, the body of Christ. I'm convinced the body of Christ would look very, very different if we renewed our minds to the truth. To the truth of who God is, to the truth of who we are, to the truth of what Jesus has already done for us. If we could just believe what Jesus has done for us, I think we'd look very different. I don't, I don't think anybody in the world has fully, fully believed what's in the Word. And I know that sounds like a crazy statement because we would all say we believe the Bible. But I think if we get, get right into it and truly, truly believe everything that the Word says, I think we would look different. When I look at the church and I look at what the, the disciples were doing in the book of Acts, I see a disparity. I see a gap. They were, they were moving in radical, radical signs and wonders. They were healing everyone who came to them. God was powerfully, powerfully moving through them. And I know that's something that we are all hungering for. But I think, the, I think the difference is that their minds were renewed to the truth. And I believe we as a church, we need to get back to that place. We need to get back to the truth of the Word of God, to the truth of what He has already accomplished. In Romans 12... Verse 2, this is a pretty well-known passage. It says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So many of us, we, we live in the world and we allow the world to con us. And when the world cons us, we start to look like the world. And we become conformed to the world and to the patterns of the world. When we believe the truth, we become transformed. The word transformed is the same word that was used when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain. When he went up with James and Peter and Paul. And he went up just looking like a man. But when he was up there, he looked like a whole different being. He was transfigured 
into something else. And they, they knew it was Jesus, but they were like, whoa, who's this guy? And that's, that's what's meant to happen with us. If we look at, at Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Look at this first line here. If then you have been raised with Christ. How many of you know that when Jesus died, he died as you? He didn't just die for you, he died as you. He took your sins, he took your whole life upon himself, and he died on the cross. He died your death. Your old nature, your old sinful nature was crucified on the cross. That's good news. That's really good news. Your old nature went to the grave. In Colossians 2, it says you were buried with him. And in Romans 6, it says you were buried with him. Then it says you were raised with him. His resurrection was actually your resurrection. In Ephesians, it says that we are seated with him in heavenly places. We were not just raised from the dead, but we were raised to the heavenly places. And we are seated at the right hand of the Father. That's, that's good news. Every person here is seated at the right hand of the Father. Hello? You're a new creation. Your old nature is dead. And now you're a whole new creation, a kainos new creation. That's the Greek word for new. I think Eric mentioned that verse, and it's in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You're a new, altogether new creation. When Jesus made us new, he didn't just, it wasn't just like we got an old pair of shoes and he gave us a new pair of shoes. That's not what the, the word kainos new means. He gave us something that looks completely different. He took off our old pair of shoes and he gave us rocket shoes. Something that we've never seen before. That's what happened to every single one of us. Our old nature died and we became brand new creations, something that hadn't yet been seen. Except that we were created in His image. Our new creation looks like Him. In 1 John 4, it says, as He is, so are we in this world. As He is now, by the way, as He is now seated in heavenly places, so are we in this world. I don't get it. <laughs> My little brain cannot figure that one out. But the, words, the, the word is true. So if then we've been raised with Christ, what does the Bible tell us to do? It says, seek the things that are above. If that's, if that's where we are, we should be thinking thoughts that line up with where we're positioned, with where we're seated, with our new creation reality. So we should be seeking the things that are above. What should our heart be set on? Most of, I, I know my heart is often set on things of the world. I want a new house, I want more money, I want a new car, I want happiness and all these things. 
which are not wrong, but I know that my heart is often set on those things. But what if my heart started getting set on the things above? Where Christ is seated. I think if we, if we started to set our mind and our hearts on things above, I think we would look different and we would function differently. It goes on to say, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Then when Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. How many parents do we have in the room? How many of you have played hide and seek with your little kids? And when they were really little, how often did they want to hide with you? <laughs> right? They didn't want to hide somewhere else. They wanted to come and hide with you, and then someone else had to come and try to find both of you. <laughs> when you find, when the person looking finds the adult, the parent, they found the child as well. When we seek Jesus and we find Jesus, we find ourselves because we are hidden in Him. Our lives are hidden in Him. We died with Him and now our lives are hidden in Him. When you seek Him out and when you find Him and He is in glory, you will appear in glory too. That is not a, this is not a future verse for when Jesus comes back. It's a now verse because we're seated in, his, in heavenly places right now in Christ. When we see Him, we see ourselves. The church is very quick to look at the government, to look at Hollywood, to look at the media, to look at different organizations around the world. And the church can be quite quick to almost point blame at these things. It's like, why is the government not doing what they should be doing? Why is the government allowing abortion to happen? Why is the government allowing all of these things to happen? What if the church is the one who should actually be bringing the change? What if the church needs to stop judging everything else and start looking in and figuring out, oh, maybe I'm actually the solution. Maybe I'm the solution and government's not the solution. Maybe Planned Parenthood is not the problem. Maybe the church could be doing a little more. Maybe if the church stepped into their new creation reality and started functioning as we are called and created to function, maybe things would look a little different around here. Instead of being conformed to the patterns of this world, what if we transformed our lives and the world with it? A renewed mind is a mind that believes the truth. It's the truth that sets us free. When we renew our minds to the truth about who God is and the truth about who we are in Him, we are set free from any obstacle that could hinder us from experiencing the fullness of His love. That's what a renewed mind is all about. 
A renewed mind is not so that we can work our way into something. A renewed mind is just so that we can open ourselves up to receive all the fullness of God's grace in us, working in us and through us. When, you are, when we are seated in heavenly places, we have full access to every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. We have full access to God's goodness. We have full access to His kindness. We have full access to His love. We have full access to His power. A renewed mind, with a renewed mind, we have nothing hindering any of those things. That is actually our reality, by the way. Our reality is already that, but an unrenewed mind, with an unrenewed mind, we don't know how to access it yet. We don't fully believe that it's available to us. I am convinced when we renew our minds to the truth, we will step into those things. We will start seeing His power flowing through us. We will see His love flowing through us. We will see His glory, His goodness, His kindness flowing through us and impacting this world. Solomon was a man of just ridiculous wisdom. And he was able to govern. The Bible says that he was not actually just given wisdom, but he was given a discernment to govern. Now Jesus is our wisdom. It says in 1 Corinthians 2. He's our wisdom. If we're in Him with a renewed mind, we, all of us, should be functioning and operating in the level of wisdom that Solomon had. Now, I know I'm speaking lofty things here because I'm intentionally trying to call us higher. Because I believe, I know none of us, I, this is a, I'm on a journey here. I'm very much on a journey. I don't have this down. I promise you, I don't have it down. But I'm, I'm aspiring to it. Because I see it in the Word. I see what's available to us, and I see what my reality looks like, and there is a gap that I don't like. And I I want to experience heaven's reality. And I want all of us, I want the church to experience heaven's reality. If we want, if we want, I, I love your guys' phrase, in Boise as it is in heaven. It's beautiful. That is such a beautiful slogan. But do we know what we want Boise to look like? In Boise as it is in heaven, what does heaven look like? I believe a renewed mind knows what heaven looks like. But do we actually know what we're wanting to release? What can we release in Boise? What, what is available to us? If we get back to the Word and study the Word and believe it, and take it on for ourselves, and truly, truly, truly believe it, Boise will be changed. Heaven will invade Boise. If you can turn with me to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, from verse 22, it says, But be doers of the word, 
and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. He wants to be blessed in his doing. Come on. We can't just be a hearer of the word. We need to be a doer of the word. That doesn't just mean what Jesus was saying, go heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. It means that, but it means more than that. Being a doer of the word is someone who actually reads the word and believes the word. We don't read the word for information. That's just someone who hears the word. But when we read the word and we receive it, and we take it for ourselves, and we actually believe it, we become a doer of the word. That word doer, it's the, it's the same Greek word that we get the word poet from. And a poet is someone who doesn't just read words. He's someone who takes words and creates masterpieces out of words. He actually does something. He creates art with, with words. He's a master at what he does. He's not just a hearer. And we are called to be doers of the word. We are called to look at the mirror of the word and look so intently that we start to look like it. When I was 21 or 22, around that age, I was in university and in, in South Africa, when, um, when you're in school, in high school and primary school and whatever, we can't grow our hair like you can here. We, we wear uniforms and, you know, we got to look smart all the time. Ties, blazers, it's a nightmare. But I couldn't, I wasn't even allowed to have my fringe going over my eyebrows. And... So obviously, you know, when you leave school, every guy just wants to grow their hair because you can now. And so I, when I grow my hair, my hair doesn't go down. My hair goes out. <laughs> so I got me an afro. I, I, I grew my hair for a couple of years. No jokes. I had this fro. A white man with a fro is quite something. I had, I had many stares, many comments. But eventually, I came to my senses, and it came time to cut it, because I looked ridiculous. Honestly, I did. <laughs> and when I cut my hair, and then I went and looked in the mirror, I was so used to seeing myself with an, with an afro, that when I looked in the mirror, and I saw myself with, like, normal hair, I got a fright every time. I was like, whoa, is that me? Wow, that is me. How many of you have done that? You've cut your hair, like radical change. You look in the mirror and you're like, whoa, double take. Is that me? And then you walk away and you're still used to having that old hair. And so immediately you start thinking, oh, yeah, I've still got my afro. You know, your hand's going out there. It's like, well, it's not there anymore. It's down here now. That's what happens when we look at the word and, and we just hear it and we don't actually receive it for ourselves. We need to be a people 
who actually know this word and we do something with it. We need to be believing it. We need to look so intently at Jesus that we look and we look and we look and we look until we see ourselves. We need to look intently at Him until we actually see us. So when we look somewhere else, we don't forget what we look like. We know that we look like Him because we are created in His image. There's only one way you're going to know what you look like, and that's by looking at Him. When we look at the world, we forget very quickly what we look like. How often do we read or hear a preach that we've forgiven of our sins? Like, it's all through Scripture. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. One hour later, the accuser comes and reminds us of our a past sin. And suddenly we're like, oh, I feel so bad. I did this thing. All this guilt comes and the shame comes. But we just heard the truth that we've forgiven. That's what happens when we don't look in the mirror intently. When we're believing the truth, anything the enemy tries to throw at us, it'll just, it won't, it won't land. It can't land because we know who we are. When you know you're a new creation seated in heavenly places, created in the image of Jesus, and the enemy tries to remind you of a past sin, it's like, that's dead. That's in the grave. How can, how can that, like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Actually, Jesus doesn't remember that thing, and I'm in him, so why should I remember it? Yeah. I've also been battling with, like, digestive issues lately, and man, it's frustrating. It's like, it's just, it's been one of those long journeys. For eight years, I've had these issues with, I get acid reflux, I'm coughing all the time, I've just had to eliminate so many different foods, I've had so many people pray for me, and it's just, I'm not getting my breakthrough, and it gets frustrating, anyone else had that, like it's frustrating, and lately I've been getting very frustrated about it, and God has been reminding me, he's like, well, are you going to believe the facts, or are you going to believe the truth? The facts say you've got acid reflux. The truth says by his stripes you're healed. The facts say you can't eat all these foods. The truth says I have the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead living inside of me, bringing life to my mortal body. Am I going to look? Facts look at the things of the world. Truth looks at at the unseen. A renewed mind is more aware of the unseen realm. A renewed mind looks at the unseen realm. What are we looking at? Are we looking at facts? Are we looking at the things of the world? Or are we looking at the truth, which is the unseen? In Exodus, there was the, there's the story of the 12 spies. Um, I've been on this journey going through Exodus and Numbers 
this year, and it's really been refreshing. Um, just reading stories, it's, it's a lot of fun. And when Moses took these Israelites out of Egypt, they were in slavery, and he took them out, and they saw God do so many powerful things. Like they saw all the plagues that God brought on the Egyptians. Then they saw God part the Red Sea. Then they saw manna come from heaven. Then they saw quail come from heaven. They saw their clothes didn't wear out. Their, their shoes didn't wear out. They never, ever got sick. It was just miracle after miracle after miracle. But then when it came to sending the 12 spies into the promised land to go and spy it out, 10 of them came back and gave a bad report and said, no, we can't take them. There's giants there. There's some people out there who are bigger than us. We can't do it. And yet they've seen all these miracles. Miracle after miracle after miracle. That's, that's bizarre to me that only two people, two out of the 12, actually allowed those miracles that they, they witnessed to change what they believed about God. The other 10 and the rest of the congregation saw those miracles, but they just saw them as acts of God. They didn't allow those acts of God to actually change how they saw God. It says in Psalms 103 that Moses knew the ways of God and the Israelites just knew his acts. When we see the acts of God, when we see healings take place, are we allowing those healings to actually change our view of who God is? We need, we need to be looking and observing and seeing what God is doing because He's doing things all the time, all the time. And we need to learn to start stewarding His acts and allowing those acts to transform how we see God because they reveal His nature. They reveal His kindness. They reveal His goodness. If one person can get healed, someone, a lady was healed of neck pain in, a, in the first service. It, it may seem like, oh, it was just neck pain. You know, that's, that's nothing great. No, that reveals the nature of God. Is that going to change what we believe now about God? Is that going to change our mindset, our beliefs about Him? If we want to renew our minds, we actually, we need to be intentional about it. It doesn't just happen. Unfortunately, it doesn't just happen. I wish it did. I wish we could just pray a prayer and it would happen. But it requires discipline. It requires intentionality. And I've done some studies on the mind recently. I've read a few books on it and a, and a bunch of blogs and, you know, Christian ones, non-Christian ones. It's just good to get the full picture. And one of the things that, that was really interesting is that we actually, most of what we do and think comes from our subconscious mind. <clears throat> Very little of what we do comes from the conscious mind. So we're making decisions and even things that we're saying, it's coming from sub, the subconscious. So we're not even thinking about it, it just comes out. And do you know that our subconscious is formed in our first seven years of our life? So from ages one to seven, your subconscious, for some reason, your brain operates at a different frequency. And so everything you see, every experience you have, it affects your subconscious. So for the rest of your life, your subconscious is pretty, the foundation of your subconscious is, is from those formative years. 
Now, it doesn't mean your subconscious can't change, but it just requires a little bit of extra effort. Now, we actually need to, we need to be way more intentional. And so when I, in my studies of figuring out how we can change our subconscious, one of the key things we need to do is to meditate on the truth. And when I say meditate, I don't mean New Age meditation. I mean biblical meditation, which is actually repeating truth over and over and over and over. In, in Joshua chapter 1, it says, The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. If you want your way to be prosperous, you need to be meditating on the truth. That word meditate is actually, it's, it's the word for matter. Like you just, you say it over and over. You matter something over and over and over and over and over. So if we actually wanted to change our subconscious, our subconscious beliefs, we need to be muttering the truth over ourselves, over and over and over. So we, we read the truth in here. Oh, I'm seated in heavenly places. Okay, I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm seated in heavenly places. I need to believe this. I'm seated in heavenly places. And we just say it over and over and over and over until it actually becomes a part of us. In Psalms 1, it says the same kind of thing. Sorry. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. And he is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaf does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. There's that word again. In all that he does, he prospers. That, how, I want to prosper. Do you guys want to prosper? Yeah. It's quite simple. If we would just meditate on the truth, meditate on his word. Here, you know, this is written in the Old Testament, so it's talking, it says meditate on the law. Now we have the law of liberty that it speaks of in James chapter 1, which is the new covenant. We get to meditate on the new covenant. We get to meditate on what Jesus did for us. And the more we meditate on that and just speak truth over and over and over and over ourselves, we'll start to believe it, hopefully. Another thing we can do is... Um, Declarations. How many of you do declarations or have heard of declarations? So declarations are just taking truths and speaking them over yourself. So it's the same sort of thing as, as, as meditation. Meditating, we meditate on the word. Declarations, we take a truth and we just speak it out. But we don't just want to speak it out. We need to speak it out with emotion because studies have shown that when you do something with emotion, when you make a declaration with emotion or when you imagine something with emotion, your brain doesn't know the difference between what you've just imagined and an actual real life experience. So sportsmen, they will visualize a shot. A golfer will stand behind his ball and he'll visualize the perfect shot before he steps up to hit it. And then he steps up and he hits the great shot because his brain doesn't actually know the difference of whether he just visualized that or whether he actually hit that shot. So by the time he stands over his ball, his brain thinks he's a genius and he can hit that shot. 
Now, if sportsmen have tapped into this reality, why haven't we as, as believers tapped into this reality that we can start believing the truth over ourselves and, and believing it with, in our imagination, but with emotion, like actually taking it, like, I am seated in heavenly places. Come on now, this is good news. Like if we actually put emotion into it, our subconscious wakes up to it. And we want to actually change our subconscious beliefs. We also need to take the prophetic words that God gives us. And they come through people. So, so often, like I, I'm, in a culture, I'm in a prophetic culture. Like we receive prophetic words all the time. And it is very easy for us to get familiar around the prophetic. It's very easy for us just to receive a prophetic word and think, Thank you so much. That's great. And we walk away. But God wants us to take those words because when he speaks a prophetic word, he is actually saying, this is who you are. And what are we doing with that truth? Are we just disregarding it as, oh, I've, I've heard it, or are we actually doing something with his word? He wants us to do something with it. He wants us to steward his words that he's spoken over us. He wants us to meditate on them. Repeat them over and over and over. Go back to them. Don't just leave them hanging on the shelf. My greatest desire is that the church will rise up and step into everything that Jesus paid for. It really, really is. I, I want to see that more than anything else. I want to see every single one of you become the person that God created you to be. I want you to, I want your minds to be renewed. I want you to know who you truly are. In Ephesians 4, verse 22, it says, Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Your new self is created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. But what does it tell us to do? It says we need to put it on. We actually have to put it on. And we have to put off the old. And how do we do that? Through what we believe. Throughout Ephesians 4 and 5 and Colossians 3, it says, put off the old and put on. Put off, put on. It's not about our actions. It's about our beliefs. We put off the old ways, the old beliefs, and we put on the new beliefs. As we put on those new beliefs, the actions follow. You believe you're a, you're a liar, you're going to lie. We need to put off that belief that we're a liar and start believing we're honest, integrous people. It's, it's not complicated. The, renewing the mind is not, is not our savior. I, I, want, I want to make that clear. It doesn't, it's not like this. I don't want you to see renewing the mind as, some, as like a work, as something that we need to work so that we can receive what God has, has paid for. Do you know what I mean? Like I want us to see, renewing the mind is actually just 
helping us step into what Jesus has already done. Jesus is, Jesus is the Savior. He's already given us access to everything, and a renewed mind just gives us access to that. It just it steps us into that. So we just, we just have a responsibility to believe the truth. So what are we looking at? Are we looking at the world? What mirror are we looking at? Wow. <laughs> is it the worldly mirror or is it the truth? So I, I, I want to challenge you guys. Let's look at the truth. Let's meditate on the truth. Let's allow the truth to go deep, 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 deep so that we can rise up and be the new creations that God's called us to be. So that we can actually have the solutions to the world's problems. So that Boise can look like heaven. Come on, let's go. <laughs> if this has stirred your heart, if something inside of you is like, I want this. I want, I want to live this life. I want to put off the old. I want to put on the new. I want to live a, a life that is, I want to live a transformed life. I, I want to live the life that Jesus has already paid for. If that's you, like if that stirred something inside of you and you're like, yes, I'm going after this stuff. I, could you just stand? I feel like we need to respond. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do? <laughs> ah, this is so good. Why don't you just put your hands out? Just close your eyes. Holy Spirit. Yeah, just, just start receiving from Holy Spirit right now. Just start receiving. He's stirring you up. This is, I, it's not about me. It's not about what, what's just been shared. He's stirring you up. He's calling you higher. He's taking you somewhere. He's, he's just used this word to stir up a hunger inside of you for the more. But it's, he's the only one who can take you there. I can't take you there, but he's a good shepherd and he's the one who leads us into green pastures. He's the one who takes us by the hand and takes us into the truth. I'm gonna ask my team, if you guys can just start walking around and just start laying hands on people. Just, I really feel like God is marking people right now. God is marking your hearts. He is, he is birthing something new inside of you. He is just stirring up such a desire, such a hunger. Transformation is possible. Transformation is possible for every single one of you. This is something that starts right now. This is not something that can happen tomorrow or in the future. This is something that happens right now. This is... Today, by you standing up, you're saying, I want this, 
and I'm going after it right now. It's not for tomorrow, it's not for next year when I feel different. It's for right now. The journey starts right now, and it is a journey. So God, we just bless every person standing right now. I bless them on this journey, and I thank you, God, that you are taking them by the hand, and you are leading them into full transformation. God, that you are leading them into the renewal of the mind, that they will start to believe, truly, truly believe for themselves what you have already done for them. Jesus, you have paid the most ridiculous price. You have already gone to great lengths so that we can be righteous, so that we can be holy, so that we can be blameless, so that we can stand before you and have full access to your presence. The veil has been torn and we can come on in anytime. Jesus, I thank you right now that you are just breaking off old mindsets over people. You are breaking old strongholds that have held people back. Strongholds of doubt, strongholds of confusion, strongholds of torment are just coming off right now. Strongholds of shame are getting broken off people right now in Jesus' name. God, I thank you that doubt and unbelief is a thing of the past. I thank you that you are uprooting doubt and unbelief right now in Jesus' name. You are uprooting doubt and unbelief right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Fill every person here with faith, God. Fill them with just a gift of faith. Faith, God, in who you are. Faith, God, in who you are. Faith in who you are, God. Thank you, Lord, for a grace to believe the truth of what you have done. God, I thank you that every single person here is forgiven of all their sins, past, present, future. There is nothing holding anyone back from you, God. Everyone here is already seated in heavenly places with you at the right hand of the Father, full access to all of your goodness. It's all of your nature. I thank you, God, that every person here is a brand new creation. Every person here has the Holy Spirit living inside of them. We do not have to work hard for the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. He is a free gift. Jesus has done it all. He's paid the price. We do not have to strive. We do not have to fight for it. We do not have to earn it. He has fought for it. He has already strived on your behalf. Every one of you are qualified to receive His Spirit. 
in greater measure. You are one with Him. You are in perfect union with Jesus, with your Savior, with the Creator of the universe. You're in union with Him. You're in union with the Father. You're in union with Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. The whole Trinity is with you. <laughs> you are not of the world. You are not of the world. You're of a whole nother world. <laughs> A heavenly world. You have another kingdom, God's kingdom. You belong to the kingdom of the creator of the universe. <laughs> he is going to use you just as He spoke creation into being, He is going to use you to speak creation again into this earth, into Boise, into this valley. He wants to use you to bring change. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. This is for now. This is for now. This is for now. This is for now, God. This is for now, God. This is for now, God. This is not a reality when we die and go to heaven. This is a reality right now. This is a reality right now, God. God, open our eyes, open our minds to be able to see this truth. Open our eyes to see the truth, God. God, I thank you for a special grace to rest upon every person here that as they read the word, God, they see the truth in the word and their spirits are alive to, be, to receive and believe what they are reading. I thank you, God, that every person here is going to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. I declare over you guys, you are doers of the word. You are doers of the word. You are doers of the word. When you see him, you will see yourself. God, I ask that you open up our eyes to see you, that we may see ourselves. Thank you, God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.
you, God. Thank you, God. Thanks for listening to the Riverhouse Podcast. For more information, visit riverhouseministries.com.